Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, thank you very much, Gary. Appreciate it. You're welcome, sir. (laughs) By the way, by the way. Uh Uh-huh. Um. I, I, she's not listening, but I'm going to say it anyway because some of her friends are. Okay. Today is my mom's birthday. Oh, happy birthday! Happy birthday! A and lot she's, of her friends at the Capitol. Exactly. She's not um, uh, the lovely and talented Helen Hess. She's not ashamed for me to say she is the big 86 today. Fantastic. Yep. So How anyway, long did she work at the Capitol? She ran the Page program. She right? ran the she Page did. program for the House of Delegates. Okay. Uh, and I believe it was 18 years, 2000 through 2018, after she retired as, after whatever, 35 years as a school teacher. Yeah. So. You know what's weird? You and I didn't even know each other, and my dad loved your mom. And, and <laughs> vice versa. Capital. And vice versa. So, exactly. Isn't yeah. that the craziest thing? Yeah, it is. They it's... knew each other before you and I ever worked together. I don't, you know. Yep. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. That's yeah, great. I'll, okay, I'm glad you mentioned that. I just wanted to mention that real quick. Absolutely. Yep. No, absolutely. Okay, 736 on this Thursday morning. It's the 25th day of January, 2024. I'm John Reed. That's Gary Hess with News. I'm John Reed, and we're glad you're with us here on News Radio WRVA. All right. You got to watch what these guys are doing. Guys and gals are doing down at the state capitol. Um, yesterday... Uh, at the Virginia Council, you know, that I chair, um, we had a big meeting and former state senator, God, it hurts me to say that because I think she was such a good state senator, uh, Siobhan Donovan, you know, the only doctor in the Senate, oh, a professional woman, highly educated. You know, this is exactly what everybody says. Oh, we, we must have more female voices down at the Capitol. And they replace her with a guy <laughs> who's like a middle school teacher. Okay. Um, you know, no offense. My, my, Family, middle school teachers, I'm not trashing you, but are you are you serious? Um, and one of the things that I thought was really interesting that I had not tracked on that former Senator Donovan, Dr. Donovan mentioned was watch out here because a lot of the Democrats at the Capitol are trying to get rid of the Dillon rule. Do you know what the Dillon rule is? It says that uh, loca- everything has to match in Virginia. The laws have to match. And so the, the General Assembly sets the laws. You're not City of Richmond can't just arbitrarily decide, oh, we're going to do it this way um, without permission from the General Assembly. I'm giving you the shorthand of what the Dillon was. So everything has to sync up. You're not going to have one set of rules in Arlington, another set in Alexandria, another set in Richmond, and then another set in Powhatan. Uh, the, the, the standard needs to be the same. And you know what? When you start thinking about this, it's one reason people like to open businesses in Virginia, because they don't have to have a patchwork of, oh, my God, I've got one restaurant here, one restaurant here. I've got a distribution center here, and I've got my headquarters here, and there's different laws and different rules. And, and, and then it becomes almost a dysfunctional situation for business owners and you know, for the average citizen. You want, you want that kind of stability. It's not that way in every state. And as this becomes... Uh, Thank God there's Glenn Youngkin, who I think 
will make sure that doesn't happen, at least for the next 23 months. Uh, you've got a lot of people who are saying, now, wait a minute, this could really impact how we do business and make it almost impossible. Now, I haven't asked our next guest about this, so I'm kind of catching him off guard. I think he's a longtime friend of mine, back to elementary school, for goodness sakes, in Henrico, Patrick McLeod, who has risen to be the CEO of the Virginia Apartment Management Association. You know, we talked to Patrick several times during COVID about the eviction issues that were really crushing a lot of people. So I'm glad to have you back, Patrick. I, 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 since former Senator Donovan brought it up, I'm imagining that that's something you all are tracking on, and I hate to throw you a curveball here. Do, do you have a reaction no, no, to that? I mean, Is it? No, no. I, we, we certainly pay attention to that. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen how it's disrupted housing markets in other states where, you know, you have people that have, you know, I have a someone has rental property in Henrico, someone has a rental property in Richmond, and there's a completely different set of rules. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the great things about Virginia is there is consistency across the state. So when, you know, one of our main missions is to keep Virginia home, and part of that is building housing stock. We need, you know, 7,000 new rental homes a year to just, just keep up with the demand, mm. just mi- minimal. So, Anything you can do that makes it easier for that to get developed, easier for people to operate, it helps keep the supply. Um, as for the Dillon rule, what we're seeing is while we may not be seeing um, a total erosion of the Dillon rule, we are seeing people chipping away with pieces of legislation like the uh, proposal for uh, rent control, oh, God, uh, which yeah. we are now seeing um, You know, a bill um, – brought up by uh, Delegate uh, Darius Clark and Senator Jennifer Boisco. Um, they want to allow local governments to establish rent control, and the, the parameters of that would be you could only raise your rent by CPI or 7%. And the problem is rent control has been a failed policy throughout the United States. There is not a city in America where rent control has improved the quality of housing or improved the supply of housing. It hasn't worked in Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, um, St. Paul, Minneapolis. When they tried to pass it in St. Paul, housing um, or uh, development stopped, basically stopped. 80% reduction in development. And more interestingly, Tacoma Park, Maryland passed rent control in um in 1981. John, you know how many new apartment communities have been built in Tacoma Park, Maryland since 1981? Hmm. Zero. Really? That's shocking. Is it 81? Which is not worth it to get into the business there with that arrangement? Nope. There are other markets that are more attractive. What people forget is people go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And so if we want to keep Virginia home, and build the housing supply, we have to do the things that make Virginia attractive to business and make Virginia attractive for being home. And that is one of our number one missions is making sure that we have quality housing in Virginia and that, you know, just like Governor Youngkin is want, uh, talks about making Virginia home, we want to keep Virginia home yeah. for those who are here. Well, uh, what do you really say? kind of the core of our legislation priorities. What do you say to someone who... You know, it's a working family. They're in an apartment or in a house that's a rental. And yeah, I'm just going to pick a number. They're paying $1,500 a month for, uh, for the rental. And then on January 1st, they're told, 
hey, in 60 days, I don't know what the rules are, but in 60 days, I'll just make this up. We're going to add, it's going to be $400 more. And I've heard these kinds of crazy stories. We're like, man, that's a lot of money. That's not like $50 a month. When I was, when I was renting, that was the kind of thing. Oh, next year it's going to be $50 more. I could, I could figure that out. That was going to be fine. But like a big increase, what do you say to somebody who is worried about that dynamic? I'd say the first thing is to have an open conversation with whoever is managing the apartment community you're living at or the rental home you're living at Uh so that you can be prepared for what might come in the future. I mean, that that is an outlier. Certainly, there's. Well, that's my next question. Is is that an outlier that you hear those stories and then I wonder, well, is everybody suffering that way or is this just kind of a one off that gets the headlines? Those are outliers. Um, You know, some of the challenges, I mean, let's let's face it. During COVID, the housing market in general increased in prices. Prices on single-family homes went up higher than even what we saw rents go up. And again, it really comes back to a absolute shortage of supply. Mm-hmm. And we've seen the tightest housing markets that we've, we've ever seen. So really, what we have to do is get the housing supply there. But at the same time, one of the initiatives we're working on is the 5,000 Families Program, which is um, a proposal being pushed by a coalition of housing providers, including Virginia Housing Alliance, to get budget funds so that we can help establish. Uh, we've heard about the, the Housing Choice Voucher Program, which is intended to help uh, people below the 60% of uh, area median income. Uh, the federal government does a horrible job at it. Mm-hmm. We believe Virginia can do something much better and much less bureaucracy in the way of it and really help Virginians find homes, stay in homes, regardless of what their income ranges are. Let me ask you about the practical reality of what's happening in 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 the neighborhoods that we grew up in. You know, mm-hmm. Tucko Village, <laughs> the West End where you, you your family grew up, I I, I where yeah. I lived when we were kids. I mean, I drive out to Goochland. And their apartment complex is going up. I think they're apartment com, not condos, or I think they're apartment complexes. And then I talk to some people, and they're like, "This is killing us. Too many people. Too many people. Too many multi-family uh, homes uh, or facilities going up." What, what is your response to that? You know, knowing that maybe your neighbor is one of the people who likes the old Henrico, the old Goochland, where everybody had a little plot of land or something. Well, I think we all have to be uh, realistic in the fact that, that times change. And as our economy grows, your economy cannot grow unless you have housing for the people who work in your economy mm-hmm. to live at. Yeah. And, you know, everyone, you know, gets very, you know, we run into this with politicians all the time. Um, you know, they'll say, we need more housing, we need more housing. But then as soon as, you know, something comes up in their district, they're like, well, don't build it here, <laughs> don't build, build it somewhere any. else. Right. Um, you know, that is a common problem. It doesn't, it doesn't matter whether you're Republican or it doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat. We see that across the board. And I think we all just have to remind ourselves that, look, apartments are the first gateway to um, home ownership in, in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of us came out of school. You know, the first thing we did was we rented an apartment and then we went on from that. So it is a vital part of building economies, building communities is housing and we need to do everything we can to make that housing available for people 
Well, I know this is serious. And, variety of income levels. and you've done the deep dive and the study over the years that you've been in this role to, to fully understand this and compared it, like you're saying, to these other communities where the politician geniuses figured that they had solved the problem and maybe inadvertently they created a thousand more problems that were even worse. And I think folks should listen to your alarm bell when you're sounding it well, down at the and, General and Assembly. That's, Sean, that's one of our big concerns yeah. is, uh, you know, we're big on doing no harm. And what, what people tend to forget about is that, you know, anytime you sh- there's a shift that happens. Mm-hmm. So you might think something's good, like we've seen it, you know, we see a proposal on, you know, changing when um, the, uh, the late notices have to go out. Well, when we shift risk management off the back end of the program or, or back end of a, a rental housing transaction, we move it to the front. Quick right. example I had, um, and I know you pressed on time, but yeah. I had an owner tell me when there was an initiative a couple of years ago to limit the amount of security deposit from two months to one month's rent. He told me flat out, he goes, well, you know, I take chances on people with poor credit history. He was like, if, if you limit my ability to manage my risk, I'm just not going to rent to them. Yeah. See, there's and the so real it, consequence for the people that you're supposedly yeah. trying to help. It's important so that you it, flag that. Patrick, hey, I do got to run, uh, but I really Thank appreciate you so much the chance. Time, John, I certainly appreciate it. Thank you, and we're overdue for our annual lunch, so we'll have to figure <laughs> before twenty twenty four is out. Okay, Patrick McLeod, right. the CEO of the Virginia Apartment Management Association. Thank you. Seven forty eight. We're back with more in a moment on News Radio WRVA.